Hi, this is Keith, and this is the Klezmer Podcast number 21 for Thursday, October 25th, 2007. On this episode of the Klezmer Podcast, I interview Eric Stein, leader of the band Beyond the Pale, and also artistic director for the Ashkenaz Festival in Toronto, Canada. And now, Eric Stein. Hi, this is Keith, and uh, this is the Klesmer Podcast. We're still on day five of Kles Canada 2007, and now I'm visiting with Eric Stein of Beyond the Pale. Hi, Eric, and welcome to the Klesmer Podcast. Thanks, Keith. Nice to be here. Um, it's been about a year since uh, we spoke last, so uh, what's been going on with Beyond the Pale uh, in the last year or so, and, and uh, what have you got uh, coming up soon? Uh, we had a really, really exciting year, uh, particularly the past summer. Uh, we did some tours through the year in the U.S., and then this summer we uh, went to Europe for the first time and uh, played at the Krakow Jewish Culture Festival, and, uh, and that was really a, a really, really memorable and gratifying experience. As the, the audience there, the audiences there were really just fantastic. They really went went nuts for us, and. Um, and one way or another worked out that we, we ended up having six shows while we were in Krakow. We did uh, six different things. We did a couple of our own shows, one of which was our Mozart program, and another one was our own uh, just regular repertoire. Then we did a show uh, backing up Theodore Pekel, which was, was quite a thrill, of course. Um, and then they, they have this thing there where they have a, a concert on the roof on the, the fifth day of the festival. And it's always a surprise act. Which act of the festival are they going to pick to do it? So they asked us to do it, and that was really uh, uh, a nice honor. That's well, an extra and, special thing to do, huh? Yeah, I mean, it was an incredible honor to be asked, and then to have the opportunity to go play up basically in Krakow, in this in Kazimierz, which is the old Jewish neighborhood there. There's a square called Platz Novi, and in the center of it, there's like a round marketplace, and they set up a stage on top of the marketplace. And so we played up there um, to, I don't know, it must have been five, ten thousand 10,000 people there. It's kind of like a Beatles-style, uh, you know, wow. concert on the roof thing. It was, it was just really, really thrilling. And you, and had, then you had five of you on that one, or seven actually. We had our, um, we had both our fiddlers, and uh, we also had Alex Konarovich guesting with us. So we had a, a seven-piece ensemble, and it was, you know, big, the big full sound. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really thrilling. And then we played, of course, the the big final concert there, which is on Shiroka Street, um, and that was for about twelve, fifteen thousand people, and um, it was just, you know really really thrilling to play for that many people and, and uh, Polish television recorded the whole thing <laughs> big swooping crane shots and uh, a really really extravagant wow. production so it was uh, it was pretty cool it was really an amazing experience and then we uh, we left Krakow went straight to Montreal to play the jazz festival there um, which again that's also a very prestigious venue and that was a thrill um, then we got a rest for a couple days and then went back out on the road did a week in uh, Alberta and British Columbia um, and then came back two days both of which we had gigs in Toronto <laughs> um, and then took off from there went to Nova Scotia and Newfoundland and played another week's shows out there so it was just a, an amazing little stretch of touring for us probably the most intense stretch we've had in our history and uh, and and the diversity of venues we were playing you know going from playing Poland to playing a church in Newfoundland <laughs> um, to playing a garden in Victoria BC I mean it just it, the whole ran the whole gamut of possibilities and um, 
and everywhere we went, audiences really, really love what we do and, and uh, appreciate the eclecticism of it as well as how the, you know how grounded it is in, in the various influences that are at the heart of what we do. So it's been really thrilling. It was really very uh, a very boring, boring experience this summer <laughs> in terms of you know, it's a hard thing running a band and trying to right. try to keep on top of things with all the other distractions in life. And and, and where do you get your material from? Are you are you writing? A lot of originals, or, or is it existing things? Um, all our repertoire is a mix of um, composed stuff and then traditional stuff. And the traditional stuff often will take sort of a, a weird little spin on it, give it our own our own little twist um, with various grooves and improvisations and things like that. So it's sort of a mix, but it's definitely the the, the consistent reaction we get from audiences. Two two things I'd say: one, audiences really react to the the energy that we have on stage. We, we don't. You know, we don't put on a show, quote unquote. Um, there's no bells and whistles. There's no smoke machines. There's no costumes. There's no well, fancy chore- lighting. <laughs> yeah, no choreography. Nothing like this. But we, we have a really good time on stage, and we really interact with each so other. The fireworks are in the music. Exactly, and and in the interaction between the performers and audiences, always um, comment on that and appreciate that. And um, and the other thing that people always comment on, whether. Whether we're playing in the klezmer world or out in the broader folk music world or world music scene, um, audiences are always taken by how unique our, our sound and our repertoire is, and it really, I'm you know happy to think that it that it uh, we stand apart. We have a really unique sound. And I think that's probably the best. It's the best thing that I could say about any other musician is that they have a sound, you know, and and you know you can tell it's them when you hear it. And I think that we have that as a group, so I'm, I'm proud of that. Uh, I'm trying to remember back when you uh, came to Los Angeles last year. You had the the violin and the, I think the accordion player. There were the Russian fellows, Serbians. 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 Yeah, we have a large Serbian. We have three Serbs in the band. Yeah, those guys are fantastic. What are their names? Uh, well, there's Bogdan Jukic, who uh, plays violin and percussion, and um, Alexander Gajic, who plays violin and viola, and Milos Popovic, who plays accordion. And so they're a big part of making our sound something that's unique, you know, because they bring a Balkan influence, and they also bring classical influences, and you know, they're they're all conservatory trained virtuosi. So, um, how'd you ever find those guys? Um, were they already in Toronto when you met them, or, or did you meet yeah, them somewhere else? No, they were in Toronto. We met them various ways. Bogdan was the first one we met. He joined the group back in 2000. Um, we met him because he had done music for a film that was being screened at at a film screening where a film by my brother was also being filmed that we had done the music for so we met him there and then he ended up joining the group and then he introduced us to Milos a couple years later and um, and then we brought Alexander into the mix a little bit later on so again it was just sort of a a very organic evolution well that's the way those things work isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah and it's cool it's really you know i look back on it now and we're we're approaching our 10th anniversary as a band wow really astounding when i think about it um and so we're working on a couple of cd projects at the moment we're going to put out our our mozart repertoire uh very soon that was a project we did for cbc radio last year where we came up with our own reinterpretations of mozart's music Hmm. Uh, which came out pretty cool, so, you know, some wow. klezmer, Eastern European folky versions of of Mozart tunes. Um, so it was pretty. It sounds the popular like a, Mozart tunes. Yeah, right? well, yeah. it sounds like a horrible idea, but it actually worked out well. Our first reaction was, "Wow, this will never work," but but we delved into it and, and came up with some things that really really worked well, and, and audiences really appreciate what we do. And a lot of people who are uh, skeptical about it, like people who might be, you know, classical music purists or something, they're like, "Ooh, a klezmer band playing Mozart—that can't be good." They hear what we do and they realize that there's a lot of depth, there's a lot of understanding um, of 
both traditions in terms of you know where Mozart comes from. There's certainly these classical guys in the band who that's their their pedigree. They can do it. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and then the rest of us. Um, we, we're just really we do what we do with with integrity. We're really sensitive to to material and not uh, uh, destroying things. You know, making sure <laughs> that we leave things better than we found them. So right. hopefully, uh, hopefully, I mean that project everywhere we've performed it, people have really appreciated. It. We did it in Krakow, like I said, and the audiences there loved it. It was really really cool. So so we're gonna do that one. Um, we've got most of it. It's mostly recorded actually, based on the CBC recordings we did, and then another. Um, we reprised it a year later and developed a bunch of new r- arrangements. So we've got uh, makings for a pretty strong CD. So when are you looking to uh, have that one finished? Oh, God, um, it's just a matter of pulling the tracks together, doing a bit of mixing and editing, and uh, mastering it. So probably a few months, early, a few months later. Yeah, yeah, I would say early in, in, in 2008. We'll yeah. hopefully have that done. And all the while, we're working on on a new CD of original material in the studio, and. Um, you know, our last CD was a live CD, so we've decided to go the other way this time and really use the studio and take advantage of all that the studio has to offer in terms the control, of control, yeah, being able to overdub yeah. things, add multiple parts. Um, you know, the li- doing the live recording, I'm really glad we did that because it's you can't get away with anything on a live recording. You know, <laughs> we had two shots at every song, that was it. We had two concerts, and that's where all the repertoire came from, and uh, the CD came out fantastic we were really pleased with it we won a few awards for it and um so you know it's not like there's some groups or or there are instances where you hear a studio cd by a group and it sounds oh wow these guys are great you see them live and you realize that they just created the whole thing you know manufactured in the studio um we've proven that we can do it live and that our sound you know that we don't have to rely on studio tricks but uh, but this time we are going to use the studio to our benefit to be able to do some things that that we wouldn't be able to do live. So we've already got um, seven or eight tunes recorded. We started recording in June, and um, we're doing uh, some sessions next week, actually, um, to get some more tracks down. And, and hopefully we'll have all the tracks done by the end of the year and probably aiming to have that out by the middle of next year. Yeah. Terrific. And so what are you doing uh, in Cleanse Canada uh, this year? Uh, like always, teaching the uh, the teaching mandolin instrumental classes and, and running my mandolin orchestra ensemble, which is something I've done here for I guess it's six years, maybe seven years. I don't know. This is my tenth year at Clubs Canada, so I've lost track. Um, but it's always fun to do that, and it's always a challenge. But uh, I enjoy every year, you know, a month or so before camp, sitting down thinking, okay, what am I going to arrange for the mandolin ensemble this year? So um, so yeah, we're doing that again. So that's gonna be fun. Now I did see you play a different instrument the other night and i i don't remember if i if i had seen you play cymbal before or not but but uh i i guess i had forgotten that that you play that also well actually i think most people here didn't know that i played because i've never brought an instrument with me to to, um clubs canada in fact i I started playing cymbal about five six years ago and um I was playing on a Hungarian concert cymbal, which is like a piece of furniture. I mean, it's a huge, huge <laughs> instrument. You know, it's not the kind of thing you throw in your trunk and drive to right. Canada with. So, um, so I never brought it here. And ultimately, about two and a half years ago, I, I got really frustrated with that, and I got really frustrated with um, spending time working at an instrument and then not being able to take it out for gigs and, and to not being able to do anything with it. And I also couldn't keep it in my apartment because my apartment was too small for it. So I actually quit. I didn't play cymbalum for about two and a half years. And uh, earlier this year, I, I started feeling pangs of desire. Just this year? Just this year, I started feeling, uh, you know, like I wanted to get back <laughs> yeah, to it. Yeah. 
Um, but I knew that I couldn't go back to doing the same thing I was doing because I still live in a small apartment, um, though not for long. So you bought the buy yourself the, the Roland MIDI Cymbalum yeah, so you right. could just carry it around. <laughs> if only that were possible. <laughs> um, I actually had this custom ordered for me in uh, Budapest. There's a guy named uh, Akos Nagy who's a renowned builder of Cymbalum. He's built instruments for Peter Krzyzewski, Zev Feldman, Stu Brotman. Um, so I basically wrote up a spec sheet of what I wanted because uh, I have my own tuning system, a sort of modification of, of Hungarian tuning and Jewish tuning. And uh, so I got this thing ordered in March. And then uh, in April, as I was, I was on my way to Ukraine for the Klezmer Cruise that I also participated in. And so I stopped in Budapest to pick up the instrument. And, um, and so then I had this instrument. And then I was touring all summer, and I didn't have any time to spend with this instrument because I, I, you know, I, I needed some time to get my chops back. So it's really only the last month or so that I've actually been back at it and actually sitting down and playing the instrument and having a blast. It's, it's amazing. And, I, you know, it was, it was fun to do it last night at this concert and then come off stage and have everybody say, hey, I didn't know you played the <laughs> symbol. It's like a big shocker to everybody. I was scratching my head. Though. Understandably, it's good. You know, it's like that whole thing. You hold back some, you know, something to give them later on. So, um, yeah, so I look forward to really applying myself to the instrument as time goes on. And, and uh, I'm keeping my trumpet away from you because I don't know where, where you're going to show up next. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what? Wind <laughs> instruments, never my thing. So, so, so you, you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, brass, brass and wind. Although I've often fantasized about you know learning to play trumpet or saxophone just to participate in all the jams that happen here. Right. I mean, to play mandolin in that kind of context. I, I stopped trying a long time can't, ago. Can't do a cymbal in the backwards march or anything. No, that wouldn't work very well. <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's cool to be uh, to be here as a cymbal player as well. Great. And so uh, what uh, touring have you got coming up uh, for the fall or, or uh, next year? Anything else uh, you um, want to talk about? The, the, the main thing is uh, this year is going to be a little quieter for Beyond the Pale. Um we do have some tour. We're going to do an extensive tour in February in uh, Colorado, New Mexico, California. We'll be out your way again. Okay. Well, let me um, know. Yeah, I'll definitely let you know. Um, but basically, I need to, to uh, focus on my other responsibilities as the artistic director of the Ashkenaz Festival. So, oh, right. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah. Well, so the next... I mean, I just took this job last year um, in Ashkenaz, as you know, is a biannual festival. So the last one happened <clears throat> in 2006. And um, I stepped into the job in October of last year. So, um, so I've been kind of getting settled for the last year, and we're, we've been expanding the mandate of the organization to become more of a year-round presenting body. So we're presenting more concerts, like one-off concert events in Toronto through the year and trying to have more of a community presence, and, um, and all the while gearing up for the next festival, which is going to be in 2008, August 2008. So um, as this year goes on, I'm going to get more and more absorbed with uh, wearing that hat and, um, you know, it's going to take a little bit of a chunk out of my um, my energy and time to be able to be pursuing Beyond the Pale stuff, not just on a musical level, but also just the organizing of tours and all that kind of stuff. So it might be a slightly quieter year for Beyond the Pale this year, but I think the year after we'll, we'll kind of go gangbusters. We'll try to line up a lot of stuff for, for after that and really go nuts for a year and, and plug our you know, new CDs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, with, with two CD projects and running the, the festival, uh I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm super busy these days. It's really uh, you don't want to be bored. No, I'm certainly not bored. <laughs> There's times when I, I ask myself, what, what have I done? You know, what have I bitten off for myself to do here? But um, it's you know, on the whole, it's really it's exciting, and uh, I like it's gratifying to be in positions where I can 
create not just for myself but for others in terms of providing opportunities for other musicians for friends and colleagues and and uh I mean, the hardest part about it is is that obviously there's there's scarcity of slots and scarcity of money, and I'm going to have to say no to people, including friends. And uh, I just hope nobody nobody resents me for it and understands that it's that's it's the reality. An, it's an artistic of it. choice. Well, it's not even an artistic choice. A lot of the time, it's a financial choice. And oh, okay. It's, and it's a scheduling choice. You know, we only have a, essentially a weekend festival, and there's only so many slots to fill, and. Um, we have to achieve a balance of uh, Canadian international performers. We have to maintain a strong commitment to Canadian performers because of our uh, being in Canada. We get a lot of funding from the government, but they have uh, Canadian content rules, which are legitimate. And, sure. You know, we're glad to support uh, Canadian culture that way. So about 50% of the festival programming is Canadian artists. So then that narrows it down to there's 50% left that gets split between the U.S. and, uh, and international destinations. And then budgetary considerations, and you know when it's all said and done, it's probably going to be uh, you know fifty no's for every yes in terms of artists that that come to play at the next Ashkenaz. I mean, the only thing I can say is that there'll be another one two years later, and so stay in line and, and don't be angry. And uh, you know, I just you know I hope everybody understands that. And obviously, I'm not. Uh, it's a uh, there's a great responsibility I think that comes with a, a job like the one I've taken and um, and I, uh, I hope to, to exercise that responsibility with uh, with uh, some admirable kind of poise uh, <laughs> yeah so. yeah well you know everybody knows, knows you likes you and, and there's there's uh, nothing but probably respect even from the people you, that you have to tell no yeah I hope so I hope so you know I like to think so I think it's just a matter of really it's it's respect you know like you said like you know i i try to treat everybody and and even now you know being here this week i've had all sorts of people accosting <laughs> me and trying to pitch me on something and i appreciate it because you know part of me coming here it's research it's to going out and being a touring musician and being um, a performing musician in this scene um it gives me the opportunity to see whatever the people are doing and, and to get yeah, I've seen a lot of new stuff yeah. uh, this week that, that's uh, really exciting. It's always inspiring, and it just makes my choices harder <laughs> as I get closer to the festival. But, you know, I treat everybody really respectfully and, and uh, uh, respond to any inquiries I get and, and listen to what people have to, to uh, propose to me and, and say thanks, and, you know, I'll do what I can. We'll see how it goes. That's great. So... Uh, for those interested in, in uh, finding more about you, your CDs, and about the festival, mm-hmm. um, where can we direct them? Well, the band's website is beyondthepale.net, and uh, the festival website is ashkenazfestival.com. So, um, yeah, it's all there. Great. All right, well, thanks for the, taking your time, Eric, and uh, appreciate your appearing on Closer Podcast, and have a great uh, rest of your time here at Close Canada. No problem. Thanks, Keith. Greetings, this is Henry Sapoznik, and I'm here on klezmerpodcast.com. Okay, I'm back. That was Eric Stein of Beyond the Pale and the Ashkenaz Festival. I'd like to thank Eric for being on the program today, and we look forward to all his future projects. And remember, if you have any question, comment, suggestion, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the Klezmer Podcast, please send a note to Keith at klezmerpodcast.com or MySpace at myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast. 
Of course, the website is klezmerpodcast.com. I also do album reviews. If you have a recent or upcoming CD release that you'd like to submit for review, please also send a note to Keith at klezmerpodcast.com. Well, that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. Stay subscribed. And until next time, bye for now.